You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Screening in Kingston. Okay. Happy almost Halloween, everybody. Yeah, because this is closer to actual Halloween than... Well, it's the 28th of October. And Halloween's on the 31st. Although, um, you celebrated Halloween this Saturday. I did. I had a little Halloween party with some friends. Uh, went very well. I have like a group of friends that we often go see big movies together. Mm-hmm. So I'll get them together for all like the Marvel movies and that type of thing. So had a little Halloween party at my place. It was a lot of fun. Costume was... Costumes were out there. I was a... Um, I was a 1920s gangster. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. like a the the prohibition era. Squad. Yeah, and like prohibition era yes. type of thing. Yeah. I think Pinstripe the suits. I think the costume of the night went to my friend who came dressed as uh, Bob Ross and his uh-huh. wife came dressed as a happy little accident so but she had like a bunch of trees and leaves on her like that's what he always says like happy little accident of like the trees and uh i think that's probably the costume of the night um my friend she also she she came as a um peggy carter so from captain america like the love interest yeah Yeah. and it was like a perfect peggy carter costume like i don't know people are so creative with these things it's ridiculous yeah but it was yeah it was a lot of fun and, uh, you know, I, I, I think just because when you're older and, and Halloween's on a Thursday, like I'm not really doing anything on Thursday. I might watch some movies and have some candy, but like, you know. I'm handing candy out. Do you live in an area where you get a lot of kids? Yeah, I live in the suburbs. See, I'm in an apartment. So like I just don't get – like I, I don't live anywhere where people yeah. – and there's no access to my door, so I can't really hand out candy. I miss doing that. When I when I used to live in Gananoque, we would hand out candy all the time. It was great. When uh, my dad lived in an apartment for a little while, and we used to actually, um, we would go trick-or-treating with our cousins in the suburbs, but the apartment building did do, like for the kids who lived in the apartment, they had kind of like Halloween in the foyer. That's interesting. I wonder if your apartment does that. My apartment's pretty small, but we do have a little area at the front that but we like could do that. But like how many kids live in the way, not really, that's the thing, it's not, not super enough. residential where I yeah. live. Like there's not a lot. Um so I, I don't think I don't think it's very likely. Um, and I don't re- last Halloween because I've been in this apartment for two years. So last Halloween, I don't believe I had anything like that happen. Normally they like, post that on the community board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's yeah. a, that's a little Halloween update. I actually yes. had another thought that came up at the Halloween party was a bunch of people started watching the TV show um, for what we do in, in the, the shadows. shadows and they are raving about it. Like everyone at the party who who watched it loved it so How far. Are they watching it then? Well, streaming it, yeah, yeah. legally <laughs> streaming because it's on FX, right? Like that's the only I way know, to get it, I think, I right? I but where think is they... FX's affiliation? Are they with Amazon? Are they with like? Are we gonna get it with Disney Plus? Is it Hulu? Like where is this? So the only FX show, well, I guess American Horror Story is FX. Yes. Um, and so is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And those have streamed periodically on Netflix. They have. So we may eventually, and the film is on Netflix. version is on yeah. Netflix. So I think we're in the middle of season one, right? Yeah. So you and I may be watching it on Netflix because yeah. we're ethical media. Honestly, <laughs> like I am, I am very ethical with no that. Judgment, no, 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 judgment not at all. Who, um, I get why people do download, it. but um, I'm trying to. I'm. We try really hard in our house to. Yeah not do that i'm the same way though like I, that's that's why i pay for crave and the upgraded yeah. crave I, I get the movie network i get hbo that way which gets me the new watchman mm-hmm. series which i just started watching which i really enjoy um but i i just i want to i want i want to be able to find everything i want yeah. to be able to have streaming connections 
in the same way I have cable, even though I was saying it's weird before. I want to be able to say, okay, I want this package and I want this package because I want these things because I, I would love to watch this series. And like FX is it, if I was to get cha- a channel, FX isn't a channel I would buy. No. Because it's one of like, it's like HBO, but it's, you know. And it doesn't have enough, like I hear, I hear always Sunny in Philadelphia is really good. But I love I, it. That would be the only show. Okay. So you've seen it. Yeah. It's always sunny. It's a phenomenal. Okay. Because again, that's one I'm interested in, and and what we do in the shadows. But that's it. Like I don't when know I was in the United, when I lived in the United States for that little bit, it it's always sunny was on Netflix. Mm. So I don't know. I don't understand how they decide who's going to stream when yeah. for how long. It's all contractual and financial, yeah. and and I, I you know it's it's just interesting to me that we're we are going into this digital age and we're seeing these things and it, it's. I still feel like in Canada that we can't get some things. Like, does no, FX have a streaming service? Like, I don't even know. I don't think so. And not in Canada if they do. It's probably one of those things where you, um, I find in the States, you can stream a lot through your television provider. Yes. So, like, it's part of your cable yes, package. Yes, I see that a lot. Because um, AMC does that. Yeah. But AMC, you also can't get in Canada as a streaming thing on its own. You have to have cable. So that's what's frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, one day we'll get to watch It's Always Sunny. But I thought we'd have a little bit of uh, Halloween-y talk still, even though we've done our Halloween episode with just another shout-out that I, apparently what we do in the shadows is extremely good, the TV series. So. And I did want to mention um, the Screening Room is having some really great Halloween programming on Definitely. Halloween. Um, the House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price um, is playing. Uh, um, Let me pull up. Yeah, because there's this whole schedule, isn't there, of uh, quite a few different fun things. Definitely the house, the house on Haunted Hill is playing on Halloween proper, um, and so is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. They're also later in November playing Possession, which I've mentioned on the show before. It's definitely worth seeing Possession. It's what I say, it's um, what I refer to when I said what Natalie Portman should have watched before being in Black Swan. She <laughs> yes, should have watched yes. Possession first um, to maybe hone her uh, her performance a little bit better. Um, so, uh, But I think um, Possession's not coming to the theater until November. So those are kind of the Halloween-related. So House on Haunted Hill, really great film mm-hmm. from the 40s or 50s, black and white classic kind of halloween spooky and then of course rocky horror picture show needs no introduction although and they're playing the evil dead as oh well. yes and sorry the evil dead also really great be careful though rocky horror picture show always tends to sell out rocky horror will sell out wherever it plays because it has that cult following, cult following. so if you can contact the screening room and i don't know if they're doing advanced tickets for that you might just have to come early and line up yeah i, I think that's like i went to the rocky horror show there a couple years ago and i you had to line up and when I lived in Waterloo, um, they would have multiple screenings. I think they have between like I think they have upwards of six or eight screenings yeah. over the Halloween week, and almost all of them sell out. And The Evil Dead is another movie that I feel like they just don't make. Just like Rocky Horror Picture, they just don't they don't make these types of horror movies as much anymore that I find. Like I I really enjoy the camp and but practicality are they playing of them. evil dead one or evil dead two? It's the first one. So less campy. Yes, but still like very practical. And oh, still yeah, very, like, like practical old, that, that old feeling that I that I love in movies. I've mentioned it a million times on the show. I wish we would go back to practical effects Were we talking CGI. about that with um, how impressive some of the practical effects were in, in um, Ready or Not? Um, I don't know. I don't know if some we of the... were, but there was a recent movie where we watched, and it might have been when we were like, oh, I wish this was a practical yes, effect Yes, yeah, maybe that was what CGI. we were talking about, because I remember us having that discussion. But I bring it up all the time, I, and I'll be talking about The Lighthouse today, yeah. and I felt like there was, like, talk about making a movie that felt like a, like this movie literally could have been from, like, the 1930s yes. for for all the good Good reasons. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, The Lighthouse is what we're talking about today. And I uh, saw Ad Astra at the screening room. And Lots of buzz over that, that one. Um, I, I well, Again, little preview. I really enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> little preview. Um, but again, I, we'll get to it. But I think this is the type of movie that if you're not on board for certain concepts, then you're not going to enjoy this movie. Like, like space. Space, sci-fi, um, a little bit of... Again, it's it's it, it presents itself more like scientific, but it's still sci-fi. It's not right. realistic of what like, would happen um, in space. What was that movie with um, 
it was like Encounter, I think the name of it was, where the aliens land and they have to like learn their language. And Amy Adams was oh. like the linguist. Yeah, and, yeah. But there was also like it that was, a was weird like the time main shifting. Yeah, thing. like it. But then the movie was happening not chronologically, yeah. and like it wasn't like um time travel but it was definitely like it was something to do with how time. yeah how the aliens communicate had to do with time as well yeah and it was a very i, I remember that movie it was so that very movie being like very yeah. again like very scientific but yes. also like yes not rooted in reality in the sense that like we have not contacted definitely. aliens yes but taking like a relatively realistic approach that was kind of what i felt with ad astra but there were there's still moments like the way explosions are in space Oh, okay. Are certain accurate in a certain way for how the science is, and then there's science fiction explosions, and this was definitely more science fictiony. And maybe the movie wasn't called the one that I'm talking about. Maybe it's called Contact. Contact, or it was something. Yes, because Encounter or Contact. Because I remember, I definitely remember that uh, it was, it was definitely. Whereas that to me felt like very rooted in reality. Yes, and it was Amy Adams, and it was. Um, they're trying to establish whether or not the aliens are That's a threat. Yes. No I, yeah, else, I remember watching it No one else made an impact on that movie no. aside from Amy Adams. <laughs> what, what's his name? Is it Jeremy Renner's in it? Oh, and do they fall in love? Yeah. Or we don't know because it's out of time. We they don't do fall quite, in love. We don't quite understand. No, because, I mean, spoiler alert for whatever the hell that movie is. At the end, you realize that they get married and but have then a kid, break up. But break up because of the death. She does something that causes the death of the child. She can see the, into the yeah, future because yeah. she lives unchronologically yes, because of the Because aliens. of the alien contact. And yeah. so she knows that her daughter, and again, spoiler alert, but this movie's like almost five years old yeah, now. Yeah. Um, she knows that her daughter is going to die, but she doesn't tell Jeremy Renner. That's and he says, How could we have ha- if you yeah. knew we were gonna if our yeah. daughter was gonna die, why did yeah. we Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it, I like the movie for those things. It, it was, was a like great incep- discussion. Kind of like yeah. inception, inception yeah. you know, you yeah, don't I really remember. know. Yeah. Um when things are like what what things are happening in what order because the movie wasn't filmed chronologically no no it wasn't um so do you want to review well yeah i mean i'll just (laughs) note i will just note to everyone um that we there are no fan questions this week um but if you do want to contribute just remember you can email us anytime at screening at kingston at gmail.com um now that we're sort of at the end of October, we'll be back to our weekly new movies coming open. Content. Yeah, our regular content. So feel free to follow along with the screening room calendar and all the big movies that are coming out as we honestly, to me, this is we start to kick off the season into Oscar we'll buzz be busy season. Now. Yeah, this is gonna be really interesting. This is my favorite time of year. But yes, let's go right into Ad Astra. Um The Dad Space movie, as the it's Dad Space called. movie being called Space Daddy, maybe. Which like, sure. I mean and this okay, so conceptually, this movie is is really centered around Brad Pitt's character, who is being recruited by by NASA to try to figure out what happened to his father. So his father, played by Tommy Lee Jones, was on a secret mission that no one really knows about, and the movie does a really good job of keeping secrets, which is one thing. This is a, this is what I like about like it. Like you the also, as the viewer, don't know what you have the no mission idea was. what the mission was. You have no idea what the heck he was doing up there. You get lots of clues, especially at the beginning of what's going on, but you don't, you can't piece it all together. The trailer does hint that maybe his dad turned evil. His dad definitely does something. So his dad does something that made people go, we've lost contact with him. We don't know what the heck he's doing. We need to send someone after him. They send his son. But this is many years later after this This happened, is a right? cup. This is, yeah, this is only a couple years later. But they had been in contact with him for, for a certain amount of time. And only recently when the movie had started had they lost contact oh, okay. with him. And then what happens is, is there's a bit of a time gap. But what happens is is that brad pitt i can't remember what his specialty is he has some reason why they're like okay it has to be you but also this is your father and we need to figure this out brad pitt basically goes out there to to try to figure out what he was doing and to try to piece together whatever was happening now brad pitt also seems under the impression that he's not going to encounter his father which is something that i think was a little bit confusing at the beginning i was like well wait do you think he's dead like that's not really clear right but what they do a really good job is is from pretty much at like half an hour into the movie onward it just becomes this like ride 
of a movie. Space mystery. Space mystery where you're going from different things. He goes up to a space station. He connects with it. He's trying to sort the, it's like a it's like a detective story, mm-hmm. but it moves along like an action adventure. Um, and again, I found it to be very realistic, except I will note that it is still science fiction. There are weird things that happen in space that like physically probably doesn't make any sense, but reminded me of a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek and that type of thing. So if you're going into it being like, I want to see Apollo 13, this is not Apollo 13. If you're going into it being like, I want to see Star Trek, this isn't Star Trek. This is kind of in the middle. This is a weird mix of the in between, which I could understand throwing some people off. Because like the Robert there. Pattinson movie you saw? Yeah, like, yes, yes. It's very similar to that, except the Robert Pattinson movie I saw was a little bit more realistic and a little bit more grounded. Right. Whereas they just happened to happen in space. It just happened to happen in space, whereas this is a space adventure at the heart right. of it. But I really enjoyed it. Okay. I had a lot of fun watching it. I think Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor. I mean, I, I, I can't. Even one between this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm like, these are two really strong performances from this guy. I think, yeah, I think Brad Pitt is a really good actor and probably just was in, like, because he's so good looking, he was probably typecasted for a really long time in his career. But now that he's older, he can do sort of more interesting mm-hmm roles yeah, yeah maybe yeah but yeah like he was phenomenal in once upon a time in hollywood yeah and i think i think once upon a time in hollywood to me showed his ability to react his range and his range this movie's probably a little bit more like standard for who the character is and what's going on and everything that's happening but he still does a very good job with it and i think he's very stable in the i role. never thought brad pitt was a bad actor i just think he wasn't like a very interesting actor i don't think he's done like, very interesting roles yeah, though. Like, like i mean like, I what think, has he done that's so you know like, interesting that's the thing i think he was just probably like he's good looking let's cast him in sort of general action yeah, yeah. film yeah um Literally, the only movie that can come that I'm thinking of, aside from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is True Romance. But he's like very, very young, um, and he plays the stoner roommate mm. and um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which yeah. I think is like a very typical movie yeah. for Brad Pitt. That yeah. kind of action adventure. I remember seeing Troy when I was in high school. That Horrible. was like that was like the big movie. That came out like that year. Yeah, but it's a very bad movie. Yes, but people loved, like, people were like ready to go. It's kind of like Gladiator. Exactly. It was during that time where, like, that's what they call it, like, Sandaled and Swords movies, (laughs) where, like, they were always making one of those. And he, you know, he was in that. And then I think, like, the Ocean's Eleven series, like, he did that with George Clooney. But, like, in Fight Club. Yeah. And, and again, that's really it, though. Like, I'm the same way. Like, it's, I've got these small, bit things but nothing really stands out in the same way I'm like Jake Gyllenhaal I love yeah. the Nightcrawler and yeah. that's what I think of when I think of Jake Gyllenhaal when I think of Brad Pitt I'm like yeah I know he's famous he was in Fury recently I, but again that's and Fury was decent I I, I enjoyed Fury yeah movie. and yeah. he was in Inglorious Bastards he was yeah when he got to play sort of more comedic I think he has very good comedic timing and I think that like I mean, and I will I don't think you see much of that in in Ad Astra. <laughs> yeah, not, it's more of a straight... Yeah, there's not... Uh, you're not gonna... You're not gonna be sitting here it's laughing. It's like when... It's like when... Uh, the guy from True Detective... He made a space movie a couple years ago. Uh, Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey made yes. a space movie. Yeah. Where, again, like... Matthew McConaughey is great comedic timing. Yeah. But now he's having this renaissance where he he's being considered like a serious actor. Yes, yeah. And he made a yeah. space movie he a did. couple... Yeah, uh, Interstellar. Yeah. And as far as space movies go, I do think that it, it can be a type. And I do think that this movie still is closer to Interstellar, yeah. closer to Apollo 13, closer to like a real grounded space movie. But it, to me, breaks a lot of the laws that movies like Gravity and those movies, uh, we want to be really realistic of exactly what it's like mm-hmm. to be up there. They break some of that for the sake of action and adventure, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but you got it. You know, you're going in. It's very similar to like movies like Gemini Man that's come out recently. Like they're fun. They're fun movies. And there's nothing wrong with having an adventure movie. I'm not one of those people who like space movies aren't my genre and I don't really enjoy them, but I'm not going to poo poo anyone who enjoys space movies. And maybe like considering some of the 
bad movies I saw this summer. I think maybe I even liked it more because I was like, this is kind of what I wanted out of Hobbs and Shaw and I didn't get. This is what I wanted out of these, like, To me, it does seem know. more like a summer movie, like a summer yeah, blockbuster. it does. Um, but I don't know. Like, this is the thing here. Strategically, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it got nominated for a couple, like, of those, like, design sound, and mix sound awards. Like, I, I think that might be best, part of it. Like, best original screenplay. Exactly. Yeah, like, I think they might be saying, okay... Let's push this movie because we can get a bunch of technical awards for it. Because it, this is a technically like proficient movie. It, it it's it's never unrealistic. It's very fun. It's done very well. The sound is great. Like the soundscape of these things and the mix of space, which is a vacuum, to the different sounds you'd be hearing. It's a very good mix of things. I I love the sound editing and mixing and all that was great. So I could see why they would be like let's push it but yeah as an entertainment value wise this belonged in the summer yeah. and would have been exactly like when i saw last year mission impossible mm -hmm. just happy to see a real fun movie yeah and it's the, this is kind of the same enjoyable fun yeah. i do have a question is this one of those movies where they're using the cgi to de-age people i feel like they've um yeah it looked they, like it did yeah. they de-age well brad pitt? uh brad pitt looked younger in the beginning and then They've moved forward and okay, so yeah. they they used it for a reason. It look yes, and it look, but it does still look weird. I'm not. I mean, I'm such an old like curmudgeon, but I'm like, I and Gemini Man. It's like a plot point in Gemini. Oh, Man. Gemini like, Man. It's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, it's and it in the trailers it works like. It, they both look like Will Smith. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, Gemini Man's probably a movie I'm not going to see. I mean, I'm probably going to wait until it comes out on video. But, like, <laughs> maybe they're, like, honing the CGI. Because, like, in the in the trailer, it's very passable. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of wondering, I'm like, okay, like, are they going to just start incorporating it for the sake of incorporating it? I like, hope not. Did they, like, did they really need to de-age Brad Pitt in Ad Astra? No. You don't. That, that's the thing is like the, the answer to that is no, because we're used to seeing actors play their younger like yeah, their younger selves. And it's we're losing willing suspension of disbelief where the audience is like, OK, we accept this because they want to be super, super realistic. But I don't think I think it takes me out of it every time I see those weird faces. It was very evident in yeah. it what they yeah. did to that wolf. What the what's that young? Kid? Well, uh, Finn Wolfhart. Finn Wolfhart. It was he looked like a bad airbrush. A couple of the kids looked weird. I just know I I know maybe the other ones I, I didn't notice. I as think much, there's two but of them Finn, that they like, I, yeah. I really yeah. it was very noticeable. And it's just it's so weird the way they're doing it, and I just don't like that 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 new movie. With Robert De Niro, the the Irishman, yeah, he's de-aged for like half the movie apparently. But apparently that movie's getting very good reviews. Yeah, no, it is. I just I find it still so weird though. I haven't because I know their age. I know what they look like. I haven't seen a trailer <laughs> for the Irishman, so I don't know. Like I don't. I can't say. Did you see Captain Marvel? No. Okay, because they de-aged Samuel L. Jackson, and I think that's one of the rare times where it looked good. It made sense. Well, it made sense because of the timeline, but he also looks. You know, he already looks relatively young anyway. Maybe it has to do with budget. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, a sure. new, it's a new technology. I will say it's it wasn't blare, as glaring as it was in It 2 that it wasn't at Astra. But it, it's one of those things where you look at something and you go, that doesn't seem right. Like, we know Brad Pitt's old. Yeah. I mean, sorry <laughs> for our older listeners. He's like 50. Yeah, he's, he's not, not that old. He's but not, not <laughs> that old. But, like, he's... He's not 20. No, he's been around a long time. And, like, I don't – I did. yes, no, I would say it did not have a point. So, yeah, we'll see um, what happens because I think we're only going to see it probably more and more. But I And hope if it has a point, I'm okay with it. I hope it's going to be one of those things where it was like when 3D was really big, not, like, a couple <laughs> – yes. like, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, but yeah. But they hadn't perfected it. Yeah. And, it, and they made things 3D for the sake of making 3D, and it didn't look good. I'm hoping that maybe that's like what we're. It's like we really need to use this new new technology, and then they realize it's not a really great plan. So then they kind of like wait a couple of years, and then once they've honed the technology, they'll yeah. use it sparingly when it makes sense. And that technology doesn't scare me as much as the bringing back actors who are dead with CGI. Oh, I don't like. I that. when they did that in in Rogue One, one of the with Star Wars movies. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and um and the same with I can't remember the name of the actor, but he played one of the generals in the original movie and they had him back, but he was all CGI. It's like when they do weird. hologram tours, like yeah. are so like we'll just never have new actors anymore. Yeah, it goes to like again like give us credit as an audience. Like we don't 
have like it's not always good to have be familiar with things you yeah. know what i mean like what i'm trying like yeah like stop making it so easy for us like it's like too much of a good thing like when we eat too much candy and we get a stomach ache like you can introduce us to new actors yes. and new <laughs> and actors playing the same roles and us understanding it like even in marvel there are two different actors dominic cooper and um can't remember the other name something sterling he they they're they both play howard stark at just two different age points and they just you switch they just switch him out oh he's younger he's it's dominic cooper oh he's younger it's this guy like he's a little older it's this guy like they've got it worked out and it's like okay we can accept that we that's can accept right. that that's howard stark at this age and that's him at this age. just like we know that an actor playing the child of another actor they're not actually related yeah we don't life. have to be related like, they don't we... have to look exactly the same <laughs> We have, which anyway. I will say though, one just I don't know why we're talking about it too so much, but but I do think they did a great job of finding actors that looked which like the kids. Goes to show if you have a good casting director yes. and you spend a little bit of time, even though they didn't even spend a lot of time because they the turnaround no time, time they was like around, a, yeah. a year. Yeah. But it goes to show when you have a good casting director, yeah. you can cast without relying on. Like, we can still use humans, yeah, essentially, yeah, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So, But back to Ad Astra. Um, <laughs> so, all, all in all, really good movie. A great performance from Brad Pitt. I really enjoyed it. I do think for people, it's like, this is an adventure with a mystery at the heart of it. If you enjoy those types of things, you're going to enjoy this movie. But again, don't go in thinking, because I, I remember, like, leaving the theater, there were two people, like, I, I also do the same thing where I like listen and what people mm-hmm. say. Do people like, well, it was a little like slower than I wanted and this, that. If you go in with the expectations, it's going to be like guns ablaze, guns ablaze, and space movie. movie. That's not what it is, but it's also not First Man and it's not Apollo 13 and it's not that. It has a little bit of that adventure to it, but I still had a great time and I have to give Ad Astra a see it, even though I understand that some people might not like the movie. I really enjoyed it and had a great time. How is his chemistry with how is Brad Pitt's chemistry with Liv Tyler? Like she's the wife, right? Yeah, she's she. I find her very awkward. That's why on I'm screen. asking. I don't, like I, I don't, don't think she's that great of an no, actress. No, and I thought she was very awkward. I don't think it's a chemistry thing. I think it's a her thing because I found her very awkward in a lot of things where I just don't really get why they why cast they her. cast her. Like I I thought her like relationship with. Ben Affleck and Armageddon was a super unrealistic. And it's the same in this movie. Yeah. It's just like, I don't really get it. Like, I don't think it's a chemistry issue. I didn't think Liv Tyler was memorable. I don't, I honestly barely even remember her from the so, movie. She's I just, not I was important. just curious. She's not for... relevant. And I just don't care. And I thought it was <laughs> She's so in the in the trailers. I thought, oh, they're just dragging. What hole did they drag Liv Tyler out of? Yeah, she's... yeah. No, she's just, I don't know why she's in this movie. No, and I think, like, I think Brad Pitt does a very good job. I think he's one of those, like, in a positive way, like, uh, he chews scenery in a very good way where he can be on screen with anyone and sort of, like, he because he's so good at reacting to everything, Mm -hmm. you kind of get what's going on. But with her, she's just so She's a Kristen especially Stewart. when they're yeah, especially when they're communicating over like a, a a terminal or like a communication device where they're not in the same room is even more awkward. Yes, she's like a Kristen Stewart, absolutely. One note. Yeah, one. I think she has one note, and if you can't put her in that note, it doesn't work. Yeah, which is where Kristen Stewart shines is in those one note movies, those weird the, indie yes, movies where, where she, she can doesn't be need yes, to exactly emote. Um, but yeah, Ad Astra for me, it's a see it. Cool. It's playing at the screening room now. Go check it out. So the lighthouse that yes. you chuck you saw. So I went to the big theater this weekend and I saw lighthouse at one thirty on a Saturday. <laughs> nice. There was like less than ten people in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the man who was sitting in my row left halfway through the movie and did not come back. Wow! I thought, oh, he must be using the bathroom. Whatever. Never came back to the movie. Um, so take that as you will. So I really, really wanted to l- not only like this movie, but love it. Mm-hmm. So it's by the director and writer who did The Witch, which mm-hmm. was a couple years ago. Yep. Um, Quite enjoyed The Witch. Yeah, I, lo- I really enjoyed The Witch. Um, for people who don't know, The Witch is um, sort of a pure, it takes place in sort of Puritan uh, New England. The t- The dialogue is taken directly from 
court transcripts from that period, the 1700s, about the witch trials. Um, and it's essentially about, you know, this family who um, leaves their Puritan community and they think they may or may not be plagued by a witch. Um, but you don't really know the answer until like the last 10 minutes of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Which um, is kind of what I really liked about that movie, actually, is, is kind of how they so dragged you along and sort of like tinted and did things like that. This movie. You can definitely, it's definitely set up in the same way. Mm. Um, although I looked at the run times, The Witch is an hour and a half. Yep. And this movie was two. Um, mm. He should have taken a, a his own note with The Witch and kept it to an hour and a half instead of two. Mm. Um, so there are things that I loved about this movie and things that I didn't okay. um, enjoy. Um, it's filmed like a classic sort of 1930s film in terms of um how um how frames are set up and um the use of the camera and even the aspect ratio is not it's more of a square aspect ratio as opposed to a rectangle that we're more used to Mm -hmm. um cinematography absolutely gorgeous and i think we've lost the art of cinematography in some way and every once in a while i mention on the show like cold war last year yeah and again it used a different aspect it used a more traditional aspect ratio um, to me, the mark of a good of good cinematography is that if you were to s- pause the movie at any given point and you thought, wow, that frame, like I could print out that frame and hang it on my wall, no matter what's in the frame, it still looks gorgeous. That was this film. Like no matter, yeah. like you pause this That's movie amazing. of um, with like on a stairwell and you would have thought, wow, like that's perfect. Do you know offhand who the cinematographer was? No, I'm really bad with... Um, knowing like who yeah. who does what i'm just wondering because there's like five or six cinematographers who who seem to really like home have honed their craft and seem to be in demand i just don't know if, yeah. if it was someone more mainstream like noticeable or it, yeah yeah um and i forget the name of the director it's like robert eager or something or eager yeah yeah um he's young he looks young like when you see interviews of him like he's probably in his 30s i yeah. think this is only his second mainstream movie but it's almost Despite there being some flaws, you think like this is a this was a film made by like a senior filmmaker. Yeah, he that's made awesome. very deliberate artistic choices that a lot of the time worked, and then sometimes they didn't work. But by and large, um, this is like a very well crafted film, like technically in terms of cinematography, in terms of editing, um, uh, like just the frames are so beautiful. It's filmed completely in black and white. Um, And again, it's filmed in sort of grainy. It looks like it was filmed on film as opposed to digital. I don't, I didn't do any research, so I don't know if they used film. But to me, even just if he was filming on a digital camera, the post editing, how they were able to make it look like a 1930s, like actual film, that alone is really impressive. It almost reminds me of how, so a lot of the movie relies on sort of um, like shadows on faces. Right. Kind of like reminds me of how Stanley Kubrick made the decision when he was filming. And I forget the name of the film, but it was a period piece and how he used candlelight to he didn't use like electrical light to light some of his um, the scenes. He relied on candlelight. Right. And that's what it's like. That's what it felt like. Like it was like just like. Beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. So, but very practical in everything that they were. Yeah, like, doing. and again, like relying. Yeah. To, earlier in the show, we were talking about practical effects. Yes, yeah. It felt like practical effects. There's that some some scenes that um were like sort of supernatural or like otherworldly, and even those seemed real really? you know right like it yeah. didn't see i don't yeah, think yeah. they cgi'd it like i wow. think it was they relied on again practical I effects love that. yeah um so these are all the things i loved about the movie and going in i'm like okay i loved the witch i love that this is sort of like a gothic lighthouse you know new england um again kind of like this the, he he tells sort of folk tales these aren't like horror movies these are like folk folk tales um sort of um and he relies heavily on sort of the mythology of the sea and what sailors believe and stuff. And the setup, of course, is that Robert Pattison is sort of a young um, young guy who's trying to, you know, he's kind of trying to escape his past. And he's um, 
employed to sort of keep up the lighthouse for right. a four-week stint. And William De- Will- Willem Dafoe um, is his sort of boss slash mm-hmm. captain of yeah. the lighthouse. Yeah. Um, and immediately there's tension between the two of them for a variety of reasons. Um, both of them have such interesting faces and in the use of lighting and shadow. Um the casting was amazing just in terms of, like, physicality. And these are two, like, pretty strong actors from, from the, who've done things. Like, how, how were they in terms of that? Again, this is when people are like, oh, Robin, Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman. Stop moaning because he is a very good actor. I agree. I think he's a very good actor. Um, and things like... Um, this movie, very clear evidence that he can carry a film and be a leading man. Yeah. He's, um, so that's, that's that. Willem, 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 Willem Dafoe. He is a great character actor, does a great job. He's been around for no a question. while. He's you nominated know what I mean? for a bunch like, of things. He's always one of those people who's nominated for, doesn't usually win, but is like in nominated for things all yeah. the time. He's great. The two of them have really great chemistry like because it's largely just the two of them yeah um there's a couple like extra characters that you see like once or twice but really it's just the two of them um so that's where i (laughs) the acting the the cinematography the direction all really great stuff but this is a film essentially about two men who spiral into madness within like a very um close quarters right and it it takes two hours for it to happen it's just too long so it's to me it's just too long i don't blame the gentleman for leaving the the theater i I mean i would never i wouldn't leave a movie just because i was bored no that no i wouldn't leave Um, for that reason no the film can be uncomfortable to watch but to me those were interesting scenes um and again very much like the witch everything's progressing everything's progressing you don't really know what's happening who's who who is the who's the narrator and who's reliable or neither of them yeah, reliable yeah, narrators right there's really um a lot of doubt as to like who's telling the truth or what's happening and then kind of the last 10 minutes or the last couple minutes of the film that's when like the action happens yeah. um i would have ended the film one scene earlier oh, okay. um really really powerful like uh, like um like the film, um, oh gosh, Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Like the way, like just the imagery, such powerful imagery, such a powerful scene. And then there's a, a a scene after that that was like pretty grotesque, which was like, it was in, it was an interesting scene. But personally, I didn't think. I think there would have been more mystery um, if they hadn't shown the last scene. But whatever he made his choice and you know i'm not i'm not a film writer (laughs) so (laughs) what do i know um but for me the thing was that it was just too long Mm -hmm. you know and you know films from the the 1930s weren't two hours no they weren't they were Um, shorter they were shorter um for virtue of sort of the the medium you know um you only had so many frames on a on a a reel of film and every time um the the reel ended you had to add another one film was really expensive for a lot of reasons so uh, for a lot of reasons films were shorter and i think almost you know you had to get pretty good at telling a story within 90 minutes or less yeah and i think we've lost that art of being able to tell like a very succinct story yeah Um, things aren't as concise as they used mm -hmm. to be yeah in film um and i think you know sometimes we sometimes we need a three-hour movie and sometimes you know an hour and a half, an hour 20, that's all we need. And yeah. with this film, an hour and 20 would have been sufficient. Yeah. Um, there was also the film, like The Witch, is written very, uh, the language was very sort of um, like of the period. And the movie, I'm pretty sure, takes place in the 1800s just by like visual cues. Um, and so the language they use would be Old English. Um, for a while, I thought the movie was taking place in England, England, but I and then you see something that says United States Lighthouse, so it's actually taking oh. place in the United States. Oh, which again, um, so I'm thinking like late 1700s, early 1800s. Um, this language that so and well, they kind of have British accents, but I guess it would have been sort of just like colonial, colonial, accents. yeah, yeah. There was times where I felt like Robert Pattinson was kind of moving out in and out. 
of his accent. Oh, okay. Um, but that might have been a character choice because, yeah. like, he is kind of spiraling into madness. Yes. So, you know, your language becomes. Yeah. But there was times where I couldn't understand what was being said by virtue of a combination of them using old English and yes. then their accents. Yeah, yeah, it so, makes it tough. You know, and it's a very, like, close quarters movie. The only dialogue is happening between the two of them. Yeah. So, like, when you can't understand that dialogue, you're kind of like cut to the next scene yeah Deep, yeah like, click wrap this up. like yeah, i don't yeah yeah i need subtitles well, it takes, again it's one of those things that takes you out yeah of the movie it takes you out of the moment which for this movie it sounds like that can be very detrimental because it's so about close quarters yeah so yeah so that was kind of something that wasn't great for me it's hard for me to give it a a, a see it skip it or stream it mm-hmm. because it's such a strange movie um there are scenes that are very uncomfortable there are scenes that are like i would say fairly graphic in nature at a certain point um this movie is definitely not for everyone um i think it's being billed as sort of a psychological thriller which would be accurate okay um there are it's a psychological thriller with some um sort of in a way supernatural elements but not only like two scenes um because the you know the idea is that um there there is that sailor mythology like mermaids and right. stuff um but they're not like the mermaids aren't responsible for the madness they're just kind of a symptom of the madness right right um you know if the movie wasn't two hours i'd say go see it okay but because it's so long, it's and two hours isn't even that long. But like no, but I it is. For my, what you're I describing. checked my the time. Well, that's good. That's not that's not a good the, sign. When I'm like, no. okay, how much longer? Because yeah. two hours can feel very long or very short depending on how it's done. It felt long. So yeah. for me, this would be a stream it just because it is so beautiful. Yeah. And again, just like I had said, Cold War should be taught in film classes. This would be a wonderful introduction to a like film 101 in terms of deconstructing film and understanding how film is made um really like i was just like wow i would love to speak with the director about his creative process um but the story was like yeah not not there like (laughs) the story like was there just too long right right well then that's that's the problem like if you're checking your phone you're taking out of the world and it means that it's not hitting what it intends to and it's not keeping you grasped yeah. any in the moment which is really sad because i think it had a lot of potential yeah well the way you were describing and it i'm the, surprised you're giving it a stream it but that makes sense there like, was lots was of too, things that i really yeah. really liked about the yeah. film but it's but just like, too long it was just too long like i'm like okay get the yeah. show on the road yeah you know when you know that the whole point is that because in the trailer um william defoe willem defoe asks um, Robert Pattinson's character like how long have we been here have we been here five weeks five days like he has no idea like how long they've been here and I'm like I feel the same way like <laughs> how long have I been here and like yeah. I know that's the point the they wanted to disorient you um, but I didn't think they needed to take the full two hours like I was well and ready for them to kind of hit the climax well before yeah, yeah. so it's a stream it, but know that like technically very good film. And it's I mean again, it's the type of thing that if if you're really really into film, you'll probably get a lot out of it then. Like the, yeah. just like you're saying, like you you're there's going to get a lot out of it and there's something there for a lot of people, but it sounds like it's a bit of a slog to get through, which can really hurt a film, especially one that's like this. Yeah. 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 Luckily, theater chairs are more comfortable. Get more comfortable now. Yeah. So there you go. We've got uh, Ad Astra as a see it, and the lighthouse is a stream it. Um, we do have a headline to talk about, so we're gonna get to that now with not a great plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off 
Every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Jared Leto reportedly tried to block Joker movie from being made. Not a great plan. So, <laughs> what the did Joker, he do? <laughs> the Joker movie being Todd Phillips. Todd, yes, Joker, yes, right? and here, here we go. So, <laughs> more, more Joker talk. You know, we thought, oh, we'll never talk about the Joker again, and, and here we are here talking we are about it. it. Well, okay, like, what did he do? So, does it say? well, just a little background. Yeah. So, for people who live under a rock, Jared Leto played <laughs> the Joker and Suicide Squad, and his Joker was pretty contentious. Mm-hmm. But so it, the whole the whole Suicide Squad was contentious. People really didn't agree with the character direction and all the rest. And Jared Leto's Joker was no exception. They kind of made him sort of like like an urban hoodlum. Yeah. He has like face tattoos mm-hmm. and um kind of like a grill. And he, <laughs> so um <laughs> but Jared Leto was very invested in that character and um was sort of method acting and really inhabited that character and I think was fairly confident that this would become sort of a, a franchise for him. And originally, I think that was the plan. Yeah, like he thought he was going to be the Joker multiple times. Yeah. And for someone, and this, in my understanding, this wasn't like a money thing. It was just he really wanted to portray this character. And unfortunately, kind of like how Joaquin Phoenix ended up in a in a bad Joker movie, Jared Leto ended up in, in a bad Joker, Joker movie, movie. Too. yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, initially, uh, in a, I guess, in an interview recently or whenever, um, Jared Leto had said, you know, when he had first heard news that there was going to be a standalone Joker movie, he was really confused because you know he was at the time the Joker. <laughs> that would be confusing to hear if you were not like <laughs> in you, the loop in the loop on it. Like, like, wait, what? He was. The Joker, and he's thinking, yeah. well, no one told me I was going to be in yeah, a standalone. Yeah. I don't think I'm in a standalone movie, am I? <laughs> so it turns out that, um, uh, so it's reported that the Oscar winner's confusion about this situation saw him attempting to block the Todd Phillips-directed film by putting pressure on creative artists artist agency which at the time served both his and Phoenix agents. So mm. essentially he told his agents, yeah. you know, um, um, don't don't make this movie. It says uh, the article goes on to say sources say the actor felt his agents should have told him about the Todd Phillips project earlier, probably, probably, true. probably, true. Um, and fought harder for his version of the Joker. Because again, I think probably at this time he thought he would be able to um, portray him on multiple occasions. Sources say Leto told his agents that they should stop the rival part project, arguing. Um, uh, sorry, um, sources say Leto told his agents that they should stop the rival project, arguing that he wasn't being treated properly as an Oscar winner. Th- that, to me, is a little diva-ish. I'm kind of on board until you, he gets to the point where, yeah, you know, you should treat me better. I want an Oscar. I, I think it's like, yeah, common decency is I think probably someone at some point in time should have said something to him or his agents. Especially because they share yeah. agents. Yeah. Like, That's kind of weird. Somewhat, and again, Conflict of interest. To me, it goes back to the studio. Like the studio should have said, hey, we're putting the DC Cinematic Universe officially on hold. We don't know where we're going with you, but we're letting Todd Phillips make a Joker movie on his own. Like some some sort of – so he does – the first time he hears it is in the news. That's not good. I think like my heart goes out to him because like imagine you getting like your favorite – I don't know how he felt about the Joker, but apparently, imagine getting like a character that you were really yeah. excited to portray yeah. that's like a very iconic um, character. You kind of – there's the expectation that you're going to be able to portray him on multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, and then you do it and then you hear in the news yeah. – Oh, but there's actually going to be another Joker, and For guess sure. who it's going to be? Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Oh, and, and I think I 100 percent like I feel for him in that sense. And like, hey, I don't, I was I'm one of the people who does not like Jared Leto's performance as the Joker. Yeah, like too bad for you, Jared Leto. You didn't do a great yeah, job. Didn't do a great job, but that does not mean you don't have the common decency to let the person know what's going on. I don't think that that's fair. And you know, Jared Leto got a lot of bad. Uh, Jared Leto's kind of a meme now. I don't really yeah. know why. People think he's kind of, I guess, a... 
Well, did you hear some of the things like he did? In well, yeah, acting? Like, like you know, male dead rats, male dead rats, and used condoms and stuff. To people like that and, like, is. Yeah, like definitely I know, douchebaggy. Like Margot Robbie and Will Smith both complained about it. Apparently, him. he was horrible on set. Yeah, on set. But prior yeah. to that, people were always kind of like he was kind of always the butt of the joke. Yeah, I think which is a good actor. I actually don't get why because I thought he was very good in um, the movie with Matthew McConaughey. Um, uh, Texas, Te- Buyers yes, Club. Texas Buyers Club. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. Is he a little bit douchebag? Is he a bit of a douchebag? I don't know. I don't know him personally. Definitely did horrible things on the set of Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, no question. No good. But even before that, people kind of made fun of him. And I don't really. I guess people made fun of him because he takes his craft really seriously. That's probably. Part but it's of like, it, yeah. it's one of those stupid things. Like people make fun of people who you know do well on in school yeah, and they yeah, must be yeah. a nerd just by virtue of the fact that they're doing their work jared Leto's just doing his work and there is like a there's a divide i think in hollywood between people like jared leto and even matthew mcconaughey and nicholas cage and people who like hone a craft in a very specific way leonardo and then DiCaprio. leonardo DiCaprio, and then people like tom hanks who just acts. who just acts and is like you all seem crazy but they they are even in like school you like for theater you learn about these different there's just different crafts of acting they're different styles but they're they're all legitimate in different ways so i think that like there is a bit of a divide maybe like that's part of it is people making fun of him but but if you know, jared leto has done other crappy things let me know and maybe there's other reasons that's why. true yeah maybe someone out there knows why. why he's the butt of the joke but i i mean the suicide squad was the first weird things i heard and i had heard he was a method actor prior but then when all like, those whatever, things came out whatever yeah. lots of people are method yeah oh actors. method actors is like relevant but once i heard of what he was doing oh suicide that was squad, I'm like that's not stupid yeah just stupid. especially because i think that a lot of the other actors in suicide squad were actually quite good and like i mean so viola davis who was in that could you see Viola Davis, who's a great actor, also an Oscar winner, receiving a dead rat from Jared Leto and what her reaction would be? Like that – she like – She's she a classy think, lady, but absolutely. even the classiest lady is going to – She's going to be mad. I mean like I would be super upset. And I think that the thing about Suicide Squad – and again, I feel for him because out of Suicide Squad, there was so much controversy around everything. The only things that people really agreed upon were Margot Robbie was great and yeah. Will Smith was great. Yeah. That's it. Everyone else is like everything else is divisive. My question is how much do we? How much did Jared Leto have creative control over his character? Because That's a good it's one thing. It's one thing to say his acting wasn't good. I think given the character choices, he portrayed that character. To the best of it. I don't think it was bad acting. I'm sure it was a mix of the writing and the creative team. And And then in terms of just visually, if Jared Leto had acted the same way but looked different, I think people would have had a very different reaction to him. The problem was is it was at a time where there was no Kevin Feige of the DC Universe. There was no one connecting all the dots and saying this is how it connects, but they wanted it to. Because even like Ben Affleck's Batman appears in Suicide Squad very briefly. Yeah. They they weren't explaining how that connects. I think in any even way. the flash is he, The Flash is, is around. <laughs> he runs in and runs out. Yeah, runs out. in and runs out. And it's just the thing is is that I think for Jared Leto, he was unf- he was in an unfortunate set of circumstances at the wrong time where he got that role. Yeah. And if Jared Leto was the one who said, Yes, I need face tattoos, yeah. then I would say, yes. Okay, Jared Leto, you made horrible characters. Yeah, if he was like, I need damage written on my head. Yeah, and I and want, like, you know, yeah. silver teeth. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to wear like zoot suits, even though the Joker does wear zoot suits um, in canon, whatever. If he was literally responsible he made those creative decisions then yes i would tear him a new one you know what i mean but for all we know he was just acting within you know what this reminds me of though is i heard a rumor and it didn't end up being true that the reason why he looked so different is because jared leto was actually portraying jason todd not the joker so the joker at one point there's a storyline where one of the robins is named jason todd yeah and the joker essentially like makes jason todd go crazy and turns him into like another joker type role so because batman was so much older in the ben affleck i had heard a rumor of like he's actually playing jason todd the joker's long dead and now jason todd has adapted the Assumed joker and, the... Uh, and he's different in a lot of ways and that explains a lot of things but that never went anywhere and wasn't the thing it was just bad creative direction. it was bad creative direction but i think also rumors start when people are trying to justify these weird decisions yeah. being like well, well no 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 don't worry it's different like he, he's really buff and skinny because that's what jason todd looked like which is true like if you looked at like jason todd in the comic books 
and Jared Leto, you'd be like, oh, yeah. like you could see this. Like th- this makes sense. So that's what they're trying to do and build this canon up. But it never really went anywhere. Yeah. And it's just very weird. But again, you you bring up a really good point. How much of that was Jared Leto? How much was that being dictated to him? We and don't then know. people just thinking that he's a a-hole, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Which is not fair, even though – he, he got be. dealt a know. raw deal yeah. as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And I don't blame him for wanting to sort of um, – for feeling like he was yeah. um, betrayed in the a way. Right, yeah, the right thing to do here would have been to talk to him at the beginning. And but let him I also – yeah, let but him I know. But also, have, I wouldn't have tried to block no, him. No, that's like, where he an, went wrong. And that's yeah. where he's a brat. Yeah. I'm an Oscar <laughs> yeah, winner. Right. I'm an Oscar like, winner. Okay, whatever. I'm the only person ever who has ever won an Oscar. Yeah, like – Jared Leto. Which does remind me – um, it's not like I don't have the headline in front of me, but I did recently see in the news that Joaquin Phoenix would be open to starring as the Joker again. So um, well, someone needs to Google that. Someone needs that to happen. <laughs> because um, initially the, the, all of the report was that this is a one-off movie you know blah 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 and i guess my assumption was just that part like joaquin phoenix wouldn't be yeah uh, you know that was just sort of my own what i know about him as an actor whatever whatever and the fact that this was a one-off movie that's what todd phillips has gone on record saying over and over again this is a one-off movie but i saw a headline in the last couple weeks joaquin phoenix is open to starring as the joker again so someone contact matt reeves and say, hey, you're doing a Batman trilogy, and you got you got the long Halloween night or whatever is the first movie. The second movie, he Robert Pattinson has to face off against Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker. Do we have time to talk about some of the casting for the? Uh, yes, we have a okay. few minutes. Yeah. So now that we're kind of we're on the the Batman train, Back which on Batman, is yeah. great for me, there has been some um, headlines recently. Um, who's going to be in this new I've Batman heard, trilogy? Yeah, yeah. They've cast um, Catwoman. Yep. Um, who do you know? The Zoe woman? Kravitz. Yes. Yes. Zoe Kravitz is going to be Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, she Catwoman. was Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah. Interestingly enough, she was passed up initially in one of the incarnations because they said she was too urban. So this is actually her second chances. I read an article, and I might be conflating, but I sh- there was going to be um, maybe it might have been um. The one where uh, Anne Hathaway. Dark Knight Rises. That's I what I was dark, thinking. Think that's in, the last time we've seen Catwoman, I think in isn't Dark Knight Rises, she was passed on the role for reportedly being too urban. Oh. Um, and now she's going to be um, uh, in this. I've only seen her in, like, I think two things, but she was good in both those things. Yeah. Like Zoe Kravitz. She's like very she's beautiful. A, she's a young actor, so, I mean, hasn't done a lot, but, like, she was pretty good. And, like, she's good in that, again, that TV series. Big Little that, Lies. Yes, Big Little Lies. She was very good in that. Um, oh, and then they've cast the Riddler. Yeah. And he's, they've done interesting casting, but I think good casting. So he's the, I, he was in, um... Uh, there will be blood and Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Paul Dano. Yes. Yes. So he's a very interesting face. Um, of course, in the Tim Burton ones, it was uh, Jim, Carrey. Jim Carrey. So they've <laughs> gone with very different. Yeah. But you know, Tim Burton's was that camp, the humor of Batman. Um, he chose comedians for some of the roles, yeah. whereas this one's going to be probably more dramatic. And I like Paul Dano actually over the Jonah Hill rumors I had heard earlier for the Riddler. Yeah. Because they, I had heard like- Or the were, Penguin. Or the Penguin. Yeah, they were t- t- torn between he, the two. And that was another headline. Um, Jonah Hill passed. He was offered roles and passed and on them. And he passed on them. That was the headline I read. That surprises me because I feel like Jonah Hill is exactly the type of actor who would want to like try something different, like a villain, and do something different with it. Like I would have thought he'd be ready for that. So I don't. But it might be spin, right? How do how much yeah. do we know is that maybe he auditioned? Maybe he auditioned and, and didn't get it. He also had some health problems. Um, and that might be after his last TV series with Emma Stone. I remember him saying he had some health issues, but like he's better now. But I remember him being sick. For a period of time. Maybe he didn't want to have to gain or lose weight. Yeah, maybe that was the thing. Um, but yeah, so he was, Jonah Hill was rumored or, um, you know, a lot of, when it comes to casting, a lot of it is rumor, yes. hearsay. Yeah. Um, but we we do have the two confirmed, Catwoman and the Riddler. And this is getting, to me, this is getting exciting because they're filling this with, with young actors or actors who are just kind of on the brink of something. And I think that's the best way to do it. Let them define these roles oh. for themselves. And I 
I, the more news I hear about this Batman movie, the more excited I get for the potential of what it could be. So again, I I think, and I think I still think I will always say that this is a great director choice. I think that the three um, Planet of the Apes movies were fantastic, well shot, and amazing stories for what they are for being like mainly CGI. They're fantastic when it comes to storytelling. So I think it's I think it's a great choice, and I'm really looking forward. And to I it. like that as far as we know. They're staying to a trilogy, like an arc. Yes, they're doing a like, three movie arc. I like that that's the commitment. Yeah. Don't do these open ended contracts where it's yeah. like, we're signing you for seven movies. Yeah, no, nope, stick no, within a trilogy. Three. You know, you've casted your casting specific actors that you know can yeah. carry three movies. Yeah. And then when those three movies end, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Great. Good in terms of storytelling, good in terms of aging yeah. and whatnot. Absolutely. Now we don't need to use. CGI no. aging for Robert Just gonna Pattinson. Just going to get some new young actors and trust that people will like them. <laughs> I think they will. So yeah. um, we're going to hear probably more and more. That movie's not slated till 2021. 2021. It doesn't start filming till the winter, I think, of, the, of 2020. Not, I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, there you go. Well, thanks everybody. That that's we've run out of time. Uh, um, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody, and uh, we we will see you. Well, not see you, but you'll hear from us next week. Go see some movies.